Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. The prison guard shut the iron door behind Howdy folks, howdy, and welcome back to Grass Talk Radio. This is technically episode 201, although it is not numbered 201. We have passed the 200 episode mark, which is, you know, saying something, I guess. I'm not sure what it says. Uh, maybe I don't have anything better to do or something. Anyway, I appreciate all of you who have um, born with me through my little break. I, I took a little break. I took my own advice. If you go back to the episode, I think it was called uh, Give It a Rest. And sometimes you need to, like, park the car, open the hood, change the oil, clean the battery terminals, charge the battery, change your air filter, and uh, sweep the junk out of the back and stuff. You know, sometimes you just need to stop and do a little maintenance. And I think what I've been doing is trying to do a little maintenance on my thought processes and my plans for the future, which is something we should periodically do. And it is hard to do um, if you are constantly... Um, you know, running around, uh, running on the little treadmill or the, you know, the little uh, hamster wheel. It You need to stop once in a while and just uh, take stock of things and allow your mind to uh, analyze the past uh, since the present and take a peek into the crystal ball as to possible future scenarios. And that's what I've been doing. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I have... Uh, you know, cranked out 200 episodes of this. And, you know, when I started, I joked that I would do 500, and that was a joke. I, I really thought maybe 40, 50, because I thought at, at that point I'll run out of things to say. And, uh, that, you know, maybe I have run out. And there is some value, though, in repetition. As any musician knows, uh, just once is... Sometimes not enough. I think in the advertising world, they say you need 27 impressions before you will get a positive uh, reaction to your message. So, you know, I'm not going to feel guilty for saying the same old things over and over sometimes. Because if I'm saying them, I obviously think they are somehow valuable or hopefully interesting. Anyway, I, I just kind of... Uh, ground to a halt. It was like, you know, I would come out here and think of, well, let's see, what should I do next? And I have things that are unfinished, such as my, you know, top 10 greatest uh, mandolin players and dobro players and stuff. I still have that project to do. And I'll be honest again, um, maybe I shouldn't be so honest. I should act like I've got my, all my ducks in a row and I have this master plan, but I, I really don't. Uh, my master plan is fairly simple. You know, I tend to look at things, um, I don't know, maybe a little differently than some people. But anyway, I have these unfinished projects that are will come out eventually as podcasts. Uh, for example, I want to complete that individual, you know, the highlighting of who I consider to be the greatest um, players or instrumentalists in each of the instruments that are normally, you know, characterized in the bluegrass ensemble. And I still have to do fiddle, bass, and guitar. And 
they're just so time consuming because I get to pulling records out and listening. I'm trying to find that that perfect one solo that I think would be this would be the most perfect example that I want to, you know, and then I get to listen to the song and then the next one I flip it over and I'm, and pretty soon I've wiled away a couple of hours and I haven't really accomplished my task at all. Now, if I wanted to just get the podcast out, I could just pick the first thing that comes along, but I don't, I don't like to do it that way. I like to have the ultimate, you know, you know, I don't know. Anyway, so I have those things. Uh, still coming in the future and over this period of time I've scratched out page after page in my notebook or several notebooks of ideas and things that I do want to talk about in the future and so I plan to do that you know the best laid plans of mice and men Um, but anyway bear with me I mean as I sometimes say what else have you got to do you know and, uh, but let me, what I'm going to do in this episode is just kind of, well, I got a few things to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about is my Patreon account. And that would be at patreon.com slash Bradley Laird. Very simple. And you probably already know the deal that if you like what I'm doing or you like what I have been doing or you want to help me continue to do it in the future, that's a simple little way to do that. You know, you can go over there and just uh, chip in a dollar a month or 10000 a month or, you know, whatever, you know, just in case Jeff Bezos is listening and, uh, you know, make this thing happen. And, you know, people have come along and sign up and they, you know, and I appreciate that more than you can imagine. And then sometimes they go away, you know, maybe bluegrass wasn't their thing, or maybe I said something that offended them in some way, or, or they thought maybe this was all about mandolin and it, you know, I did an episode on banjo and, or maybe, you know, they had some financial stumbling block. I mean, certainly a lot of people have had that over the last 14, 15 months. And perhaps, you know, earlier than that for other reasons, but I get it. I get it. Um, But I want to thank any one of you who are listening who have, in the past, supported me through the Patreon little donation chip-in things, uh, whether you're still doing it or not. I mean, I still appreciate what you did. You know, it's like if I'm playing a gig and a guy comes up and chunks a $5 bill in the tip bucket, I appreciate him. You know, he may never be back. He may only do that one time, but I still appreciate it. I want to let everybody know who has ever done that, even if you've bailed and said, ah, you know, this ain't really my thing, or I can't afford it, or this guy's a clown, or whatever. I still appreciate you and what you've done. And uh, hopefully you're still sticking around listening. I I suspect that... uh, You know, if you listened to any of the episodes and you liked it enough to support it, there's a good chance you might still be hanging around listening once in a while to see if, you know, I've shaped up or, you know, I'm producing something more to your liking or whatever. Maybe there are some people that feel like, you know, it's a coin-operated device and you just put your money in and you get the thing that you want. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of most people don't tell me what they want. And I don't know if I could be able to deliver, you know, precisely what's perfect for you. 
you know, I, I really can't. All I can do is just put out what I put out and hope you like it. And if you don't, hey, you know, that's cool. There's 10,000 other podcasts to listen to and it won't hurt my feelings. But I just want to call out by name because I've been saying I was going to do this and I never seem to have the list in front of me because it's a, it's a pain in the rump to fire up the computer that will actually access Patreon. You know, my old Mac won't do it anymore. Um, so I have to use the, uh, the Windows laptop to get in there. Anyway, I just want to shout out the Patreon supporters of Grass Talk Radio as of, I think it was two days ago that I took the screenshot. And so I want to thank, by name, I'm only using first names. Um, I probably could just, you know, give you last name too, to give you more creds, you know, but... I, I said a long time ago I would only use first names, so I want to thank Ari. That's A-R-I-E. And I presume it's pronounced Ari. might be Ari, but I think it's Ari. Ari, thank you. And, of course, the next one on the list is Mikey, my old fiddling pal Mikey McEstes. Actually, his name is Michael Estes. Great fiddle player. I keep wanting to get him on the show. And, you know, there's a good chance that that show could be half about fiddle and half about uh, about Civil War artifacts and stuff, because that guy is a real expert on that. He's also, in, in case you're wondering, he is a uh, super expert on HVAC, heating and air conditioning, and uh, photography. And he is also a, a uh, book collector. So he's a really fascinating guy. Thank you, Mikey. Thanks for hanging in there with me. Uh, also want to thank Joe T. Joe, thanks. Kevin, Kevin. Uh, you know, I saw Kevin down here a couple times in some little things here in Americas. Uh, thank you, Kevin. Also a guy with uh, the best name on the list of my Patreon supporters, Brad M. I have to just call you Brad M because... Not to confuse you with Brad L. I used to sign my papers in the first grade. Brad L. And then we have Patrick. Uh, thank you, buddy. Uh, we this this one's cool. I don't know how people do this. Uh, use a you know like a pseudonym for their name, but we have Papa's Mustache hanging in there, and uh, I appreciate your, your support there, Papa's Mustache. I'm curious to what that exactly means. Maybe you could send me an email and tell me. We got Brian. We Brian, I've mentioned on the show before. Uh, I think I read one of his, um, or read his letter out in the uh, "Do Me a Favor" thing, which, if you've been listening, you know what that is. Uh, thank you, Brian. We got Jim, Jim M, and you know, thank you, Jim. There's a lot of Jims in the world, but this is Jim M, supporter of Grass Talk Radio on Patreon. Thank you, Jim. Doug. Dan. See, I really should just do the last names. Maybe I should just make a statement and say, if you don't want your last name, tell me now. Otherwise, I'm going to start using it because Doug, I know quite a few Dougs. But anyway, thank you, Doug. Dan, uh, Lee, Charlie, Frank. See, you might be thinking I'm just making these up, but I'm not. You can go to Patreon and I don't know. I, I think maybe you can see the names. I'm not sure. I know you can see the number of supporters. But anyway, we got Dan, Lee, Charlie, Frank. Frank's been hanging in there a long time. Got Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Uh, John and Tom K. I've mentioned Tom K. before when we had two Toms. I only have one Tom right now. 
but I appreciate the other Tom too. I appreciate all the Toms. We'll call this one Tom K, like Tomcat. And Pat Span, um, Pat has supported the show immensely. And Pat, as I've mentioned before, is the owner and proprietor of Pat's Place, which is, uh, I'm going to talk about that. In fact, I'll talk about it right now. I want to um, tell you a little bit about how I have um, survived this um, this uh, time period that we have gone through. And without too much editorializing, I'm going to try not to get off topic, but when, when the pandemic first um, was introduced into the consciousness of the world uh, population, bluegrass dropped off the radar completely. And that, quite frankly, is is and was very disturbing to me and probably to you if you're listening to this show. All of a sudden, you know, no jams, no festivals, no shows. You've heard me bellyache and gripe about this before. And I have attempted through, you know, to the best of my ability to keep bluegrass alive in our little local community down here in Sumter County, Georgia, throughout this whole thing. At first, I did nothing because I thought, well, let's see, they're not picking at Pat's place and they've canceled our gig and this and that and the festival's not happening. I'll just sit it out, you know. So that was the first stage. Then the second stage was, I can't, I can't just sit out here in the barn playing my dobro to jam tracks for the rest of my life. I'm not, I, I can't do this. And surely there must be a few more people who feel the same way and might want to get together and do a little picking. So I started, I don't know, when I did the first one, June, I guess, of 20. And uh, just had a little picking with some friends of mine from up in Atlanta and uh, some old Pony Express guys. And a couple of local guys came. And my, um, <clears throat> basically the, I don't know what, I don't want to call them rules. I would say the guidelines were, you know, if you're sick, stay home. If, um, if you feel uncomfortable in any way and, you know, just don't come, that's okay. But if, you know, if you're feeling pretty good and everything, you know, you're not, you just want to get together and pick out in the barn, in the fresh air, in uh, God's green earth. Uh, you know, I'm, ha I'm going to be out here picking. If you want to come pick, I'm not going to run you off, you know? So, you know, we had, I think, I think I did all total to date, maybe 10 or 11 of these jams, which became known as Brad's Barn Jam. And we've had as few as three people and we've had as many as maybe 10 just sitting out there in the barn, you know, where the horses normally would come through to, you're going to put them in the stall in the center, you know, what you call the, I don't know, the aisle, um, in the, it's actually, I would call it a stable more than a barn. All decorated. I, you, I wish I could take every one of you. I wish every one of you could come once to the barn jam and just hang out and see where I hang out and see the stage for the festival um, and see my, my little, um, my little Bill Monroe shrine that I have up there right by the tack room. 
and uh, see the deer antlers hanging up there. And uh, Wayne Arrington uh, brought me a couple of weeks ago at the jam session at Brad's Barn Jam. He brought me a turkey fan, which is the, the tail feathers of a turkey that he had um, mounted on this little board holder thing. It's just beautiful. You could spend an hour, you could spend your life, but you could spend an hour just in good light, in sunlight, just looking at these feathers. They're just absolutely gorgeous on a microscopic scale. And also, as you see the whole fan, it's just an amazing thing. And a bird, just he's just walking around with this, you know. He's like, you know, gobbling and, you know, trying to find a hen and fanning and strutting and, you know, all this stuff. Anyway, he brought me that. Uh, a few years ago, I'd asked him, could he get me some turkey feathers? Because, as I've told you before, I'm into flint napping. And as you get into flint napping, it's very... Um, it's a very easy step to say, well, maybe I could actually make some arrows or make some, you know, stone knives or make atlatl darts, which are six foot long arrows. And But you need fletching and turkey feathers, usually wing feathers. So a couple of years ago, he brought me a turkey wing and I got a whole bunch of uh, right hand uh, twist feathers and I've been fletching arrows with those turkey feathers, but... Anyway, thank you, Wayne, for bringing me the uh, turkey uh, tail feathers. It's, it's, they're not usually used for fletching. I mean, you could, but they're not generally used because they're flat. And so they don't impart a spin on the, on the arrow. Anyway, they are beautiful and they make good hat feathers. If you want to pluck one out and stick it into your favorite bluegrass hat, you'll be, you'll be cool. Um, anyway, thank you, Wayne. Actually, it was a trade. He brought me the thing. He said, I'm I want to trade you for this. I want to record uh, some Clawhammer banjo tunes. And if you could help me do that recording, you know, I'm going to give you this and you then you help me. So we've made that agreement. I'm going to help him record some Clawhammer. And when we get a couple of these little tracks recorded, I'll stick them here on the podcast so you can hear. He's a bluegrass banjo player, but he also is really into Clawhammer. So... If I could bring you to the barn, I think you'd, you'd get why I felt like it was completely, totally okay to be doing what I did. And so that was one strategy for my mental health. And it wasn't just for me. I mean, I felt like I was trying to do it for the other people who also felt similarly, who were just, you know, dying to pick, you know, or as Buddy Ashmore would say, about to pick in my britches. Um, just go back and listen to the Buddy Ashmore episode and you will understand how his uh, colloquialisms uh, work. Anyway, so that was one thing. The other thing was um, my wife and son and I, um, I, I don't know where she got this, but I guess she bought it. Uh, she got one of these um, video projectors. Like you could, you know, you could plug it into your computer or your TV or something and your DVD player and project it up on a wall or a screen and we got this little cloth screen um well it's not little it's huge and stretched it across the front of the barn and started doing a drive-in movie night here out in front of the barn where people could come and just sit in lawn chairs and uh, we watched mars attacks that darn cat i'm trying to remember some of the other ones we did 
It's a mad, mad, mad world. And Jackson had queued up all of these uh, crazy... He found some sort of a YouTube video of all that intermission stuff from like 1950s drive-in movie, like, come get your fresh popcorn, you know, or try our delicious corn dogs. And the picture of the corn dog is like kind of green looking. It's weird. But he had all that, you know, the show will start in nine minutes. All this little animated stuff. And so we would play that. I would set the PA up out there. And so if somebody wanted to just sit in their car and roll the windows down and watch the movie, that would be cool. Or they could just hang out and eat watermelon and, you know, watch the toads. The toads around the barn would start coming out and hopping around um, on the on the concrete underneath the screen because it was producing a lot of light and attracting a lot of bugs. And the toads would come out and start hopping around eating bugs and stuff. Anyway, so that was another strategy uh, to try to, you know, keep a little bit of real life going throughout all this. But the thing that stopped, just dead stopped, other than the gigs, <laughs> gigs stopped, uh, as I've said before, the Plucktones did not perform as a group in the year 2020. And, and we haven't performed still. It's We're into 2021. It's We're dadgum near halfway through the year, and we still haven't played a gig. We have a couple of gigs booked, but they're postponed. So we'll see. I'm not even sure if I'm in a band anymore. You know, if I haven't seen the guys and anyway, you get the picture. It's you're probably in similar situations, but I do see things picking up again. The Tuesday thing that we did for years, ever since I've been down here 10 years, uh, every Tuesday night, I would go to Pat's place and Pat's had a little group and they played and I had the privilege of becoming their dobro player simply because they didn't have a dobro. And I thought, well, I'll, I could probably learn to play that thing. And so I have done that for 10 years. That all stopped. Bam. No more. Well, yesterday, they started it back. And I thought, well, I'm not going to miss this. So I had been doing my barn jams on Tuesday night. I said, well, I'll just move the barn jam to Thursdays. If you guys are going to start back up, you know, you guys can do Tuesday. I will move my thing to Thursday because I was holding more of an open jam where anybody that could pick or even hold a guitar was welcome to come. And there simply isn't the space at Pat's place to do that. So they're going to start back up. And I was, I was very happy about that. So just going to tell you about last night. It was Tuesday and... They're doing it. Haven't done it since March the 9th, I think. That's something like that of 2020. No Tuesday night bluegrass at Pat's place. And tonight is the night. Okay, so I'm getting all ready to take a shower, get my Dobro, put it in the car. And I noticed big black clouds on the horizon. And I'm thinking, man, it is about to storm. Now, normally I would leave the house about 630 and they're going to play at 7. It's only a 10-minute drive, but I want to get there a little early and tune up and, you know, hang out. <clears throat> anyway, so I decided, well, I'll leave. I'm looking at these clouds, and I told Darlene and Jackson, I said, look, I'm just going to go now because if I wait three minutes, I'm going to get drenched getting in the car. So I'm just going to go 15 minutes earlier. So I did. I left. Wasn't raining yet. Dark clouds, lightning strikes in the distance. And I took off. 
And when I arrived, I mean, I went through a storm that would, it nearly blew me off the road. There was a gas station there with, uh, you know, the overhang over the gas pumps. You know, they put a roof out there and signs and stuff. That thing had blown off and was in the middle of the road. I'm driving through water 18 inches deep in some places. I'm like, please, I hope this little Ford Fiesta will float. And, uh, but I'm like, you know, I'm not missing this thing. And I, I continued on. And by the time I got to Pat's place right there south of Americas, I pulled into the parking lot and the rain stopped. It just stopped. And a little beam of sunshine came down. It was like that scene from the Blues Brothers. Bing. I'm like, there's a higher power behind this bluegrass thing tonight. Okay. And I get out of the car. And the rain has completely stopped. The road is flooded. And I walk in the door. And the uh, <laughs> Rusty was in there. He works there. And a couple of employees there were mopping. And apparently the rain had blown so hard against the face of the restaurant that it had water had inundated the floor. And they were breaking down the, the PA and moving stuff around. They had towels all over and mops and I walk in, I go, oh man, what happened here? You know, you, you guys get flooded out. Yeah, and they've canceled the bluegrass tonight. I'm like, oh, when did, when did they cancel it? About 10 minutes ago. <laughs> this is what I get for not being permanently wired to the internet with a, you know, a chip in the back of my spinal cord, or I, I mean an iPhone, you know, I don't do that. I just left thinking, well, I'll beat this little rain shower. Well, it was a big storm. So I got all gussied up and all fired up to go play. And I walk in and they've canceled it like five minutes after I left the house. All right. Well, since I'm here, uh, Rusty says, since you're here, you want a beer? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm not, since I drove all, you know, I'll just sit down here and drink a beer and and so I'm sitting there, and uh, about five minutes later, in walks Steve, who's one of the guys that plays the guitar. He's like, what's going on? Rusty's like, well, they canceled it. Now, Steve had driven about 20 miles, 20, maybe, yeah, probably about 20 miles to get there. He's like, what? what? When did they do this? You know, I, you know, four o'clock today, they said it was on, you know. So me and Steve were sitting there, and then a few customers started walking in, saying, are, are they going to do the bluegrass? And, no, they canceled it. And me and Steve are like, you know, we could just play. We don't, you know, we just sit over here in the corner and play. So we're just talking about that. And pretty soon, unbeknownst to me, uh, Rusty, who was managing, I guess he was the manager that night, he's um, he called the rest of the guys and said, you know, Brad and Steve are here. Do you want to go ahead? Within five minutes, the whole gang was there. They set everything up, and we started about 20 minutes late. I wouldn't force them to do it. I was saying, just just look, Rusty, just pay me, and I'll go home. Pay me my normal fee. That was a joke because we don't get paid. you know. And uh, anyway, everybody showed up, and uh, I guess because, you know, the clouds parted and uh, – the rainbow was in the big rainbow was in the sky right above Pat's place. I mean, people started coming in and that place, it wasn't packed. 
wasn't packed like a oyster night or trivia night, but there was a lot of people in there, you know, the usual crowd. And uh, we just started playing, did our, did our thing as usual. And uh, it, it was weird because it felt like it only been a couple of weeks or three or four weeks since we had done it, but it actually been, I think, 14 months. It was weird like that. It just didn't feel like it had been that long. But it had. Anyway, we had a we had a great time, and I am having my little <clears throat> Brad's Barn Jam on Thursday. We'll see how many people come. Uh, I really don't think some of those guys that do it on Tuesday are going to turn around and do it on Thursday. Also, you have to get the thing called the Kitchen Pass, and some people only get one a week, <laughs> you know. So I don't know. We'll see how many people show up on Thursday, but I am going to, for the time being, continue my little Thursday barn jams as well anyway but it was interesting i didn't see one person in that place with a mask i didn't see a mask none people shaking hands with each other it was as if you'd gone through a time machine back to the way back in the middle ages of 2019 it was it was great it was great it was good to see happy smiling faces enjoying bluegrass music that's why they came that's why they came there, aside from to hang out with their friends and eat pizza and drink beer and, you know, all that stuff, too. It was uh, put me in a much better mood, I'll tell you. I've been in a rotten mood on and off for uh, quite some time, as I probably displayed to you psychoanalysts out there. It's easy to get down, you know, when you see so much weirdness around you, but then you, you see so much like normalness around you and you think, hey, life is good, you know, and it is good. I will tell you, life is good. So uh, the only little bluegrassy type thing that I, and I've told you about some of the things I have planned coming up. Um, oh, before I get into that, I, I want to talk about, uh, you know, the whole concept of interviews. Um, you know, I talked about kind of switching to an interview type format because I think it's great. But then, I, you know, you find out that these, these people, either they don't want to come on for whatever reason or can't come on or, um, or they've already been on five other podcasts and you're basically just going to hear the same spiel from the, you know, the, the big stars and stuff. And, I, you know, it's a lot of work to get in contact with them unless you personally know them. Uh, but some of these people are a little hard to reach and then set up the times and do, just, it, it is a major hassle. Let's put it this way. If you go look at that Patreon page and you see, you know, how much money is generated from this, you would probably say it ain't worth it. You know, it's just way too much trouble. And what I've discovered is that, and we've had some pretty big dogs on this show. You've heard them. And, you know, it took, took some work and effort. Some of them were very simple to put together, and some of them were, took a little more, I don't know, effort to, not to convince them, but just to make it happen, you know, to, from a schedule and technology purpose in, you know. But I realized, you know, in looking back at the statistics, I can get on here and talk for an hour about just this, you know, what I'm doing right now. And it basically does about the same thing as, you know, in terms of downloads and stuff, numbers, um, as, you know, some of the high rollers. And I think that's a shame because you would think somebody would want to 
hear a lot more of them than they would of me. Um, but maybe, uh, I don't know. And some of them are. I mean, you do see a spike up when you've got, you know, Mr. Big, uh, Mr. Big Name, you know, who's, you know, pro and whatever. You do see a tick up, but it's not, it's not enough to justify the difference in, in uh, effort. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to proceed in that way uh, much. I, I will do it if the opportunity just is, if, I guess if it's an obvious thing to do, I still like doing it. It's a lot of fun, uh, but I don't know. You know, it's also a lot of trouble. And so you have to, you know, weigh the pros and cons of everything, as I have been saying, I think, since, I don't know, episode two. So, again, I'm kind of up and down on that. And uh, as you can clearly tell, I'm sort of just rambling here today. Um, but I wanted to tell you one little thing. Uh, this is for, you know, those of you who play. And it was just a phenomenon that, <clears throat> because I haven't been playing in front of audiences much over the last while, I kind of forgot about this. And I think it's an, a kind of interesting um, aspect of performing. It's not just bluegrass. It's certainly not. It's pretty much all forms of music. And so I want to describe to you, you know, last night I'm sitting there with my dobro, Got a guitar player to my left, Pat's man. Got Steve playing guitar. He's playing lead guitar. Got Wayne playing banjo and Ralph playing bass. So that was our, oh, uh, yeah, I think that's everybody. So that's the band, you know, in the corner, running through our material. Just, you know, I just play when they, when they look at me, <clears throat> they don't even have to say anything. All they got to do is glance at me and I know it's me and I do my solo. And then, hand it back to them. And, you know, when you're on stage, <clears throat> let's say at a festival, and you're about to take your solo and you step in, there's a tendency to kind of focus on what you're doing. You're kind of looking down, which I think is, you know, if that helps you play better, I'm not against looking at what you're doing. But if you're looking at what you're doing the entire time, I think you might need to revisit that I think you should also be looking at the other players and the audience, you know, uh, you know, kind of running that spotlight around. But during your solo, I get it. Look and pay attention to what you're doing. Try to do the best job you can. <clears throat> so that's what I'm doing. So here comes my solo. And they had gone to the key of A. And fellas, if you're listening, um, I, I know in one of the episodes I talked about this, about one of my pet peeves is people who try to run through all the G tunes and then all the A tunes. You know, it's like they don't want to mess with their capos, basically. You know, once we're in A, let's let's hit all our stuff we do in A. You know, As, and, and you know, I've made the um, snide remark that some people think bluegrass is only played in G or A, and that's it. And uh, <clears throat> I'm not giving those guys a hard time, but. It, it bugs me, you know, like I, I like to develop strategies where, okay, the guitar player and the banjo player have gone to all the trouble of sticking their capo on the second fret, maybe the dobro player too, and we have played a song in A. Well, what I like to do is maybe not follow that up with another tune in A that's, you know, like the same sonic zone. 
that I think it's better. Like, okay, how can we play another song in a different key and minimize capo changes? So one way to do that would be to play a song in E because then you're on, you're on the second fret and the banjo player can play out of D. He's thinking D, but it's really the key of E. And maybe one of the players, like if I was on dobro, I might just pull the capo off and just play E out of no capo, you know? And so it kind of minimizes the changes. Like one guy needs to put it on because he prefers to play it a certain way. You know, like a guitar player can play out of C positions and put his capo wherever he wants to to make whatever key he wants, or maybe he prefers to play out of what we call D positions, and so he'd put it in a different place. And so if you can minimize, like, the whole capo gang having to everybody move up to we're going to B and everybody got to put it on the fourth fret, there are other ways to play the key of B. You follow me? So, you know, in writing sets and with a band, I like to mix up the keys unless you know sometimes there's just a good reason to stay in the same key because perhaps you have a tempo change or a stylistic change like if you're going along there playing a three-quarter time waltz type beat in a and then you break into a cut time or two four type bluegrass beat in a at a faster tempo that is sufficient a dynamic change to um, negate the fact that you're still in the same key, you know? But if you do five songs in a row and they're all basically the same tempo and same key, um, it, it becomes mind-numbing. There, there's two tunes that those guys do, and I always say, look, don't play them back-to-back. -back. Just pick one or the other. Play this one, then maybe later, and you know, in another hour, maybe do the other one, because... They're just too similar. These are both two good tunes. One is Colleen Malone, and the other is Lonesome Pine. And they play them in the same key. And I just get them all confused. When they play those two tunes back to back, there's enough similarity that it just messes with my head, and I don't like to do that. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. What I wanted to talk about was how different it is to play... Um, well, let me just describe what happened. We hadn't been playing together that much, except at my barn jam. <clears throat> so I made a joke to a lady that was sitting at a table uh, about 10 feet from us. I said, now you got to cut us some slack because we haven't played together in 14 months. So, you know, <laughs> which wasn't really true because these guys had all been out to my barn the week before. <laughs> but anyway, just making a little joke, you know. Anyway. They uh, all slap their capos on. They're going to play a tune in A, and I don't remember the name of the tune. I, I don't know. I can't remember the tune. Anyway, we're playing. The banjo player kicks it off, sing the first verse, sing the chorus. Steve looks at me. I launch into my break. My brain just went away instantly. Because I slap that bar down as if I had no capo on. So I'm playing it basically as if I'm in G, but the capo is actually two frets higher. So what you're hearing come out of my dobro is two frets too low. You follow what I'm saying? I just forgot we were an A and didn't notice that I, I had in fact put the capo. So, so I'm just playing this 
god-awful random bunch of baloney until I kind of sort out what I'm doing. Of course, then the chord changes and I hit the wrong chord on the next one. I'm like playing these licks that are, everything I'm playing is like two frets too low. And then by the time I figure it out, it's uh, changed again. And I'm like, oh man. And it just kind of went total haywire, which it happens, you know, it happens. And I got, I got done with my fabulous world's worst solo ever on the dobro hit my final thing. I did hit the final chord in the right place and just kind of boom, 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 boom. And at that point, I look out at the audience and there is not one person in that place who is paying a dadgum bit of attention at all. Nobody's looking at me at all. It's as if it never happened and I wasn't even there. In other words, you can play the most rotten stuff and people still love you. They're just, you know, they're having a great time. They clapped in your solo after after that mess I just played. And so let that be encouragement to you. If if you just throw out a ton of clams or just you go for something, you know, there's been things that I've practiced all week, you know, like I got this new really cool lick that I've worked up, that I've worked up on the dobro and I got it in mind that I'm going to play that at this point on this tune. It's going to be super cool. And then in the heat of the moment, I go for it and I blow it. It's just a wreck. And you glance up, the other musicians, they're all just playing and they're nodding and everybody's having a great time. They don't even notice. They have. It's so funny how forgiving an inattentive band and audience can be. And I've seen this many times from stage. Just play just horrible. Just, you know, maybe, maybe... Maybe I'm just being too critical of my own playing, but step up there and you got this intention and you go for it and it just doesn't happen. It's just a mess. And then you get a round of applause. It's like, what? The? You know what I'm saying? It's weird, but thank goodness that that is how it is. Now, it wouldn't be that way in a studio setting or recording. You know, somebody would go, dude, take two. Take 853. Uh, but anyway, just r remind yourself of that to uh, those of you who are, you know, maybe a little fearful to jump in there and just take a break, maybe on a song you don't know or or you've been working on, but it's not really happening yet. Um, I, I've got a few people in mind that I'm thinking of right now, and I'll bet they're listening to this and they know exactly who they are. Just get in there and do it. Just dive on it and do it. Uh, the world is a pretty forgiving place. Which, on you know, the bad side of that is that that natural human uh, forgiveness capability, or maybe they're just not listening, is what allows some people to do some really rotten things, you know? Intentionally rotten. Uh, see, mine was unintentional. I'm just playing bad because I've completely lost my mind for a minute. And it's humbling. It's humbling. It, but you know, it's interesting. If I had played, if I had ripped off like a clone of a Jerry Douglas solo or something, something that I cannot do. But if I had, I would have gotten exactly the same reaction. It would have been no different. If Jerry Douglas came and sat in my spot last night at Pat's place, there wouldn't have been three people in there 
who even realized what a phenomenal Dober player was sitting in front of them. It's just interesting. It's interesting. Anyway, uh, just uh, as I'm going out here, I want to tell you uh, just a quick little garden update. Bam, we, you know, as I said, we got the storm and we've gotten the rain and they came out and fertilized the front pasture uh, two days ago. And that rain was, came at the perfect time to uh, get that fertilizer down into the soil. So we get some hay for the donkeys for next fall. But the garden, um, growing potatoes in Georgia is, you better get on it early. Get on it early, because when it starts getting hot, they just don't like that, and they start keeling over. I've been digging potatoes. Those Kennebecs. And uh, now I'm going to give it a couple of days uh, after this rain, let soil dry out a little bit. They're a lot easier to harvest if the soil is almost powder because you can just shake them off and, you know, throw them in a basket or a bag or something and the dirt just kind of falls off. But if you do it when it's damp, you know, there's clumps of sandy dirt that sticks to them and they're a lot more hassle to clean up. But been eating some potatoes. I've probably been eating too many potatoes lately. And the, uh, the rest of the garden is progressing nicely. But I just did want to tell you that I went back through my uh, photos from last year and it was this week last year that I took a photo, or I guess Jackson took it of me, you know, with a big giant crate of potatoes from last year. And it's that time again. So anyway, hopefully you are digging your potatoes or preparing to do so. And uh, that's enough on gardening. Thank you all for listening. And thank you to the Patreon supporters, those past, present, and future you know, I was, I was telling my wife, I'm a little bummed out, you know, quite a, quite a number of people have dropped off and, you know, I admit I've been, you know, not doing my regular weekly deal here lately, trying to recharge my batteries a little bit. I get it, you know, but then I thought I can't be mad at those people. You know, I'd be like mad at a guy who dropped a $10 bill in my tip bucket and I've never saw him again. Why would I be mad at that guy? You know, that'd be, that would be stupid. Um, the ones I would like to encourage are the ones who listen and have never, have never done it even once, you know, that that's the people I'm a little, no, I'm not mad at you, but, uh, I'm encouraging you that, uh, you know, Hey, you know, everything ain't free, you know, <laughs> at least not on this side of the equation. So I'm encouraging you to do that. And as always, if you have any interest in any of my instructional material, and it's quite instructional, very instructional, in fact. Uh, for a variety of things pertaining to bluegrass, uh, simply go to bradleylaird.com and peruse the free and premium download material, both in videos, ebooks, and courses. Thank you very much, and I hope you will do that because, frankly, that's what puts beans on the table. So thanks a bunch. Not sure what I'm going out with here, but uh, when I finish this one and get it up, I'm going to... Um, try to make sense of all these uh, notes and scratchings and the uh, scribblings of a madman for future episodes so you know stand by for the next episode and y'all take care get out there and pick talk to you later